Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. I just want to say this. You need to know when to pray, and you need to know when to say. Say when to pray, and when to say. See, a lot of times, this is what I do. I began to pray, and in the process of prayer, then I start to say. I take it to the Lord, and I pray, and then after I pray, I don't keep going back again and again and again with the same prayer. I go back maybe with thanksgiving, Lord, I thank you that you heard me. But then I began to say, I began to speak. I thank you, Lord, by Jesus' stripes, I am healed if I need healing in my body. I thank you, Lord, that you meet every need according to to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You see, you begin to say. You pray, and then you say. So understand when to do which one. Sometimes, see, I think we're praying, and we're not praying in faith. And and so what we need to do is we need to start saying and speaking out the Word of God. Amen? That's very, very important. Can you say amen? Amen. Now, Matthew 11 and verse number 12, it says, The violent take it by force. What is it? It is the thing that you need to happen in your life. The violent... Take it by force. Now, this is talking about when you press. A violent person will press in. And this is when you begin to press in in the spirit. Say, press in. in. Now, Mark 11, 24 says, What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them. You know what that means? Take it by force. Believe that you take it. That's mine. And the devil says, you can't have it. You're unworthy. You know what you did. The Bible says the things that you desire when you pray, when you pray it, you believe that you take it. Well, I hope God... Here's my prayer. Hope is good. Hope is important. But hope is not faith. And don't get the two confused. If you're just hoping, it's not going to bring it to you. But if you're in faith, take it. It's yours. Did you see it when you prayed to take it? No, you didn't. You didn't see it with your human eyes. You didn't see anything happen. You didn't know of any change other than you believe God and you trust him. And you know that his word is true. So the things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive or take them and you shall have them. Well, I'm just waiting on God. No, I've got a word for you. God is waiting on you. Now, see, we're talking about exploring faith here. And so we're talking about real things, 
real people in real life where it is. And we can get mixed up in these areas and we can get off track and off course, but God wants us to stay on course. Now listen to God's word translation, this Mark 11, uh, Matthew eleven twelve. From the time of John the baptizer until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and forceful people have been seizing it. So you've got to press in. You've got to force what belongs to you. And I've said it for many years in prayer. We are enforcers when it comes to God's word. We are the enforcers. He said it. He stands behind it to make it happen. But the enforcement comes through God's people. And you seize it, and it's yours. Amen? Uh, let's turn to Philippians um, chapter number 3. Let's turn over there. 13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended or attained, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Now, I want you to listen to this. But this one thing I do. Now, we, you know, I'm a person who is, uh, I can be a multitasker. You know, when I, some of you, you relate to that. You know that. Other people, you know, you got, it, it's more structured and, you know, you keep things. You know, it, it, there's no right or wrong. It's just how you are, you know. But a person like me who, you know, juggles a lot of things at one time. See, I have to hear this. This one thing I do. This one thing I do. Not 15 things, not 10 things, but this one thing I do. What did he say? Forget those things which are behind. Who said this? Who? Paul said this. He said, I forget those things which are behind, and I reach forth unto the things that are before. I stretch out what's before me to get it. Now, I want to say this to you. I forget those things which are behind me. Now, you just think, well, okay, Paul, you know, he was there when Stephen was stoned, held the coat of the person, you know, that picked up a rock to, uh, you know, to kill Stephen, and all those people were there that day, and Paul went through, uh, uh, you know, Jerusalem and all around, and he would get Christians who believed that Jesus Christ was Lord and Savior and raised from the dead, and he would get those disciples of Jesus, and he would take them and throw them in prison. He would be a party to their beatings and persecutions, and there were many people that were killed and enslaved during that day. And Paul was responsible for that in such a way that even the disciples, you know, the, the 12 disciples themselves wouldn't have anything to do with him at first because they knew what kind of a man that he had been. He was zealous. It was a religious zealous, not as the zealousness of God, but a religion, a man-made thing that, you know, is uh, going to do it this way by the law. Got to wash your hands, got to do this, got to do that. That was the kind of, you know, letter of the law, dot every I, cross every T. Well, that sounds good, maybe, but what? 
but it made him hate people, kill people. And that, you know, that's not the Lord. That's just a form of religion. That's all it is. But now another thing I want you, this one thing I do, I forget what's behind me. Now, some of us need to listen to that because it's not all about persecution. Maybe you've done things that have been there and he is talking to you and, and, and you don't need to take that into your future. You've got to drop it and let it go. And if you have to one last time take it before the Lord and confess it, and get it taken care of to move on, then do it. But you know, once you, the first time you confessed it, he didn't remember it anymore. I'm saying that because sometimes, you know, we have to go through some formula, you know, maybe to get where we need to be. But the fact of the matter is there, do what it takes to let it go and drop it and don't pick it back up again. You know, it can be in your home, in a marriage, and you know, you can say and do things to one another and hurt and harm each other, but there has to come a time where forgiveness is extended and you drop it and let it go once you ask each other, forgive me for what I said, forgive me for what I did and then talk to the Lord about it, and then drop it and let it go. Now, see, I know how some people are, so a husband or wife, that, you know, one may let it go, but the other one keeps bringing it up. Well, that's not right. Once you've worked your way through that, you don't need to keep bringing that up again because you need to drop it and you need to let it go. But another thing in Paul's life was not just those uh, Christians that he had persecuted and even killed. It wasn't just that. It was on a positive note. It was maybe all the things that he had done for the Lord that were wins and, and victories and people, you know, admired him and people that look and, and, and see, I let that go. This one thing I do, I let it go. I release it. Everything good or everything negative, I'm not going, well, I'm the great one and I have arrived. Should you show it respect? Yes. And if you don't, you're wrong. We should show respect where and honor where it's due. But the thing about it is we can get big, the big head. Anybody ever heard about the big head? Some people get the big head. But you can't do that in the kingdom. Do you rejoice over your victories and your wins? Yes, and people celebrate with you. But you see, you have to do something, and that is you have to forget those things that are behind you. You got greater things ahead, and you reach forth into those things which are before. Amen. You can't reach forward and hold on to what is back. You remember Lot's wife? What did she do? She looked back. And see, that's what people do so many times. They just look back. They look back to the way their life was. They look back to the day before they got married. They look back, uh, you know, before they became a Christian. They look back. And see, don't be enticed back into that. Because that is all a trick. That's a strategy and a trick. 
Amen. All right, and then he goes on to say, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And see, we're talking about the violent take it by force, and you press in and you seize what God has for you. Amen. And here again, Paul is talking about, I press toward the mark. I press forward and seize what belongs to me. Does God have something that he wants you to do? Some of you have been called into business. You got to press. Some of you, he's called you to higher education. You've got to press. Some of you, he's called to different things. You've got to press. Press on in. Amen? And so that's important for you to remember. Now, Matthew 9, 27 through 30. It's talking about blind... Um, no, this one's not Bartimaeus. It's two blind men who were crying out to Jesus. Now, it's very interesting um, he asked them, do you believe, Jesus asked the two blind men, do you believe I am able to do this? See, Jesus is asking us that tonight for the things that we need in our life. Do you believe that I can do that for you? Do you believe that? See, we have to ask ourselves that question. He asked those two blind, what were those blind men going after? They were going after their healing. They wanted their sight back. And he said, do you believe I can do that for you? And God's asking the same question today. Do you believe you're, you're asking God, do this for me, Lord. I need you to do that for me. And he's saying, do you believe that I can do that for you? It's the same. It's the same today. And then we look at blind Bartimaeus. That's always an interesting story, and I love to look at it, and I want us to turn there. And this is in Mark 10. In Mark chapter number 10, we're going to look at this, and we're going to see the story of blind Bartimaeus in verse number 46. And they came to Jericho, and this is talking about Jesus and his company. And they uh, came to Jericho, and as they went out of Jericho, now in Jericho, uh, you know, that's where the priests and the Levites were. This is where the religious people were. They were in Jericho. And he was with his disciples and a great number of people. And blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace, for he cried the more a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Now, this is... Uh, very interesting here, this word mercy, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus is saying, Jesus, live in my body. Get in my skin. See what it's like not to be able to see. Experience this with me, Lord, and help me. Have mercy on me. 
Now, he began to shout, but all those people that were around, he, he wasn't just, Jesus, over here I am, Jesus. No, he began to yell out and he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, Lord. I need you to touch me, to heal me. I'm not ashamed to cry out to God, are you? And when he heard that, it was Jesus, he began to cry out and say, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him, Be quiet, hold your peace, you're embarrassing everybody. But he cried the more. In other words, he didn't let it stop him at all. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still. Now I'm going to tell you, when you get Jesus' attention... He's running the universe. Who was that? That's somebody down there in Knoxville. What is it that they need? See, that's the cry of faith. Now listen to this. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise. He calls thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. Now, I think this casting of the garment away is really important because it's said that when a person was legitimately blind, they would give them a coat. And this coat was uh, uh, signifying to everyone that this person was really blind. You know what that reminds me of today? People that are asking you for money. I need it. You know, I've got to feed my kids. And the minute you turn your head, they're going out to the liquor store or to buy a joint or something when you give it to them. But see, so there were probably people just like that in that day who were taking advantage of people. And so they would give the coat to the one who was legitimately physically handicapped. And so he wore that coat. And everybody that looked at him as he begged for money, they went, well, this is a legitimate need I'll give to that person. Okay? So what did he do the first thing when Jesus said, rise up and come to me? After he cried out to Jesus, he threw that coat off. I don't need that coat anymore. I don't want to be blind anymore. I don't want people to have to take care of me. You know, I've known people, and honest to God, this is the truth. They would get on disability and, and really be healed but they didn't want to talk about it or tell anyone because they thought they would lose their disability. Well, that is a quandary. And if you're living on that and you don't have a job, I understand that. But somewhere, you know, you've got to trust God and you've got to admit what God does. And then, because I think if you don't, I think that'll just come right back on you. Come right back on you because you're entertaining that. I'm not saying that's an easy solution. But I'm just saying that happens. I've seen it happen. So, you know, I did, I've not walked in their shoes, so I don't know what that's like. But he, here we see Bartimaeus off. That coat is off. Now, another thing I see that coat as, and this is my translation, that's religious tradition. 
And if you're going to get anything from God, you're going to get rid of religious tradition. I'm not talking about godly. There's godly tradition. We know that. And the Word of God is godly tradition. And we're to hold on to that. But man-made tradition, religious tradition, throw it off just like a coat. Get it off. You know, the Bible tells, uh, tells us, you know, to, uh, to get rid of our sin. And if you look that up, it's talking about like taking sold clothing off. In other words, we have, we're, we're wearing, you know, the sinful life, and we just take it off like a coat. You have to do that by faith. You don't do that in yourself, in your flesh. But you receive his um, forgiveness and his cleansing, and then you take it off. Take off that dirty coat. Take off that religious tradition. Take off that label of blind. Amen? And so... Um, and casting away his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What will thou that I should do unto thee? Now Jesus comes to us tonight. And what is it that you would have me do for you, Jesus says? What is it? What is that thing? In your well, I prayed about it and nothing happened. The thing I'm telling you tonight... Now, there's so much more to say, and I'm out of time. But just in what you've heard tonight, if you don't know anything else, but many of you do know much more than that, but if you just do what you're hearing tonight, you can see your circumstances change. But you don't know what I'm going through. You're exactly right. I do not, but I know one who does. I know one who is aware of what's going on in your life. And he's saying to you tonight, what is it that you would have me do for you? Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora. Pastor Nora.